so when talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, Captain America The Winter Soldier was a very different movie from what came before. It kind of solidified Steve Rogers as a character. It kind of um, introduced the Russo's um, thesis statement that his morality is his weapon, uh, which might sound a little silly, but I guess it makes sense um, contextualized with the Captain America films. Um, and it's also significant for totally leveling S.H.I.E.L.D., which at this point was kind of the constant of the MCU and kind of the uh, something that was considered to be safe. Um, so when you go on something like Reddit, like on our movies, um, uh, Kevin Feige's pitch of The Winter Soldier being a political thriller is you know kind of mocked in a bit, in, in a way, because, uh, you know, oh, it's just a superhero movie. Um, and they're not I- exactly wrong, um, but... It's hard to deny that this film at least touches upon political topics like surveillance, civil liberties, um, while also like still taking inspiration from those 70s political thriller movies, like specifically ones with Robert Redford in it. Um, but as we're recording this, you know, Black Panther came out months ago, and it's um, definitely showing us how far the MCU can get into um, being timely and talking about important political societal issues. Um, so I'm wondering, um, does the Winter Soldier still hold up? Does it ultimately have something worthwhile to stay, to say, uh, even still? Because I think it has some strengths, but maybe some shortcomings. Um, so you're listening to AP Marvel. This is the first episode in our, what will attempt to be a more intellectual conversation about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, not to say that, um, every other uh, one of the other several podcasts about Marvel uh, suck or anything like that or are quote-unquote stupid, but uh, we just think that we're kind of um, filling in a gap. Like, we're talking about the larger issues that focus around uh, these movies. Um, so, I'm Chris Compendio. You've probably seen my work on Marvel News Desk, MCU Exchange, Pace Magazine, uh, Destructoid, etc. I'm here with Izzy. Hello. Hi. How, how, yeah. Hi, Chris. How are there you There we go. Good start. <laughs> And Izzy, you are a newly minted uh, contributor for Marvel News Desk, is that correct? Yes, I am. Yeah, and here is Anthony. Hey, what's up? Yeah, uh, if you've listened to any of my Bad Haircast uh, podcasts, you may remember Anthony's uh, very loud voice. Yes, Um, my voice can be quite loud. Oh, yes, yes, Yes. perfect for broadcasting online. Um, So I've gathered this uh, team of experts here. (laughs) We're we're gathered around in Anthony's apartment. Kind of reeling from Infinity War, uh, we just saw the night before we were recording this right now. Obviously, we're not going to talk about that this episode because that is a... I am an emotional wreck. Yes, well, there's oh, that, but, yeah, but that is a... <laughs> that is that is the limit of what we will discuss. Yeah, that that is for another day. That's yes. all. Um, so let's wind back to the Russo's first film in the MCU canon. Uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier, um, which came out in 2014... It's co-written by uh, Marcus and Kefili, who also wrote uh, The First Avenger. Um, so I think probably the most important scene, like just kind of the, you know, the kind of the base of the movie is that conversation between Nick Fury and Steve Rogers with the, uh, the helicarriers. Um, so that's where they introduce Project Insight, which is basically this surveillance project that will basically catch terrorists and criminals like before they're able to take action um and steve rogers is basically saying uh no this is wrong i thought the punishment came after the crime 
Um, so, I don't know. Um, let's begin by talking about that scene a little bit. Um, if you can think of any quotes and any, um, specifically any parallels to real life events, uh, specifically in the United States, if anyone wants to uh, get into that. So, like, the first quote I think about, which you sort of mentioned already, was, you know, this isn't freedom, this isn't fear. And, you know, been all over, I remember it being all over the trailers and Mm -hmm. stuff. And it's pretty, like, pointed. Like, if you, I remember looking back on it, it seemed, like, very, like, pretty baseline, like, pretty simple. But I think one of the great beauties of the film is that, like, when you look forward, like, when you watch the movie years later and, like, you're more knowledgeable and you look back at it, in the context of everything that's going on, it's really, like, important, and it is, like, the sign of, like, a big debate going around, and really started, a, yeah, really started something, like, within the movie as well, and, like, mm-hmm. just started laying down the seeds for, like, further, like, political dissent. Um, uh, well, it lays it down, but do you feel like it kind of follows through with that? I think that... I guess I think I guess it follows through. Like I think it follows through in the sense, like from C's perspective, like obviously you can't get like Nick Dies punched, like since he, you know, dies like midway through the movie. Dies, like, quote unquote, dies. Die, yeah. yeah dies. <laughs> but um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it um has some good. I think it starts off like having some good points. I think it's really hard. Well, who specifically had good points? If you think about like both, almost like both sides, because like if you look on it, I almost like looking at it, looking at it from the future, as I said, like okay, look, like Nick had like some Fury had some good points to say, like you know, like we're protecting ourselves like, against the world, like they're doing that in civil war again. I know this is yeah, movie, yeah, like with the Accords, like this is almost it's almost like the Accords before the Accords even happened. Like they're trying to watch over, like future threats. Yeah, it's it's a government or like a branch of the government or, or an agency kind of stepping in. R- remember, Nick Fury wanted to do this. Nick, this was this, this yeah. Was, Nick, I think we kind of forget like that people, people people forget that Nick Fury was a okay with this, and mm-hmm. that and that's why I like really like the quote about the gun, where it's uh, where he's talking about his grandfather, or father. Uh, yeah. He worked at, when he's in, when he's in the elevator. When he well, um, he worked at he worked in an elevator. He worked in an elevator, and every day he would go to work. Mm-hmm. And then the neighborhood that he would walk through got uh, much more dangerous for him. Mm-hmm. And then because he would always carry around money in his bag, and someone asked him, "Hey, what's uh, what's in the bag?" And he would look in, and it was a thirty-two Magnum. Mm-hmm. And this is the this is the mag this is the gun. This is a protective. It's a yeah, it's a preemptive. Preemptive. Like, I mean, more preemptive would be like if he would like shoot someone before they did something. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the fact um, that he has it, you know, as um, like a deterrent, I guess let's call it. So, so I think it. I mean, like I think it brings up a lot of still prevalent points today. And mm-hmm. my my quote was the the gun the gun uh, mm-hmm. quote. Um, but I think it still brings up points today of like rules and systems that we have in place of preemptive or just general rules that we have. Are they like what happens if? someone who is immoral or unethical mm-hmm. has those same powers or same uh, sure yeah uh quality yeah. same stature yeah um so I was, i'm gonna bring that up again later so so <laughs> i mean so i'm gonna that. i'm gonna be talking about a little bit yeah. about this right now then um so like i always think about the executive branch of the government 
Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people don't really have never really talked about how the much U.S. Power, government specifically. The U.S. Yeah. yeah, U.S. government specifically. No one really talked about how much power um, the executive branch really had until we got Trump, um, and then we saw truly how much power the president does have, and how much damage could be done to a democracy just by one individual. I mean, you can probably bring that back to, like, Bush Cheney, honestly. Oh, of of course, but I think combined with a bunch of other things, more people have become aware of it Mm -hmm. on a, like, especially our generation has become Mm -hmm. more aware, because we were, we were, like, seven and eight. Do you know, a lot of us were seven. I was sitting next to um, my friend Anna Etzel, we were were, uh, watching it in at the uh, Waterfront Theater. Which movie? Uh, Winter Soldier. Um, And the the uh, the last act when Black Widow is, you know, typing stuff and like releasing stuff. I literally whispered to her, "She's doing an Edward Snowden thing." Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I guess that was that. I mean, you know, that happened during um, Obama's Mm -hmm. um, tenure. Yeah, and so that that kind of. I'd like to think it woke up some people about yeah. what's going on. I mean, like, I think um, that there are, I mean, like, I, a lot of people put, like, blame directly Obama. I mean, I don't want to go into too much politics about it, but I think it is. Oh, please do. That's the point I mean, of this. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think it's a systemic thing. Yeah. I think no matter who was in power, sure. that was going to be a problem, and that has been a problem in this system. And so, I, yeah. like, that, and that is something that, Countless movies have talked about, um, and I think that's important. Like, can you cite any? I mean, Spotlight specifically. Yeah, uh, talked about like um, I forget the what's the the actor who plays Sabretooth. I don't know why. Le- Leave Schreiber. Schreiber. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he specifically <laughs> says like, yeah, targeting a few priests is is great, but people are going to forget about it in a few weeks. We yeah. have to tear down the system. And it's about bringing down the system as a whole right. and showing the problems. That of sounds it. familiar. And that sounds familiar <laughs> with what Cap was talking about. It's just yeah. like we can't let Shield survive. All of it is compromised. Oh boy! Tear, tear the whole thing down. Tear the whole thing down. Uh-huh. Crash. The, pr- the price of freedom is high. That's the price I'm willing, willing to pay. Yeah, and uh, for, yeah, for, co- for context. All the time. I have only been spending. I've only been in Pittsburgh for about twenty four hours, and Anthony has said that like at, Tw- least, at least twenty times, like roughly um, like once an I hour. I was uh, the costume. <laughs> I put this costume in quotes uh, for uh, Infinity War that I had was uh, undercover Steve Rogers. Yeah. So I had the sunglasses, the hat, and the leather jacket. Undercover MCU character. And I would say <laughs> Will Simpson. To a phone, I was uh, saying to a phone, the price of freedom is high. Uh, but surprising. Even though that's not the scene where he said that. I know it's not the scene, but... Uh, uh, speaking of uh, Steve Rogers' quotes, um, by holding a gun to everyone's head and calling it protection. That's not protection. It's fear. Uh, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, that, you know... Yeah, that's the right line. So, for some context, like, I teach this Marvel class... And uh, since then, I pass it on to Anthony, pass it on to Thomas, Thomas, Thomas Rasmussen, who pass it on to Izzy, who is going to keep going and going until uh, we're all dead. Anyway, so in my initial presentation for this uh, class, I was like, oh, so what political party do you think Steve Rogers is in? And everyone's like, oh, the Libertarian Party, because they love freedom and stuff like that. 
So I, I did a little, yeah, and I, I did a lot of uh, digging around um, um, on the internet, and I found a lot of, like, libertarian Facebook groups who had, like, graphics of this heroic Captain America image with, with the quote in giant text. Like, so I, I wrote down here in the notes, um, some of these quotes were, like, libertarian wet dreams. Uh, <laughs> so um, I haven't, I've never really talked about this openly because I'm kind of embarrassed by it after the 2016 election. But 2012, I did have, like, a brief, oh, the libertarian thing sounds okay. No, no, that, that's Gary a, Johnson for president. No, that, um, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of college students. A lot of people are age. Because, yeah. because they, it's the, it's the socially liberal... Uh, fiscally conservative. Yeah, and then ideology. and then yeah, and, and then like once once you start to learn more, you start to figure out. Wait, those things can't, can't really, really be. I mean, it's, yeah. It, so like, like, like the argument that we're like. I mean, like this is getting really political, but like a lot of fiscally conservative ideas are also mm-hmm. incredibly racist. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And and uh, like homophobic and mm-hmm. queerphobic, and there's a lot of problems that come with that. But moving on to like the just the generic ideology of libertarianism. Yeah, when you ha- when you have the elevator pitch on the elevator on pitch news. of libertarianism yeah. can lead to yeah. like the the belief is that human beings are inherently good, or that human actions will lead to inherent goodness, and that humans can function on their own hmm. without any sort of leadership or like. There are certain things that human beings just can't deal with, and others need to do it. Does mm. that make sense? That, and that's yeah. the point of a government. Did you did you watch this um, Samantha B. Um, this remote sketch where uh, they basically you know they took a camera crew to the Libertarian Convention in 2016. Oh, fun! The and, LNC. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. As I we all know, up. I don't even know the <laughs> yeah. real name. Yeah, but um, it was just absurd. Like everyone was, um, everyone just had totally irrational opinions and like were very showy and like uh, like tearing a dollar bill like like in the stage debate and um booing whenever like Gary Johnson was like I think that people should have a license to drive and I would have voted for the Civil Rights Act and just yeah, like people, crazy people things people like that. People boo the Civil Rights Act because it's the government uh, controlling people. What's next? Having to need a license to toast bread in your own goddamn home? So, Slams the so, podium. So, so because um, we're talking about libertarianism <laughs> so much it's important to talk about how like libertarians are like it's like the way of the majority. And the way of the majority doesn't always work because the minority doesn't have a voice. And the minority mm. needs to have a voice. Otherwise, they are fucked. They're not represented. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're not yeah. represented. And most of the marginalized in our society are minorities. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and, you know, like, no, that really, like, comes into play in this movie. But I'm just, oh, I know. But, yeah. like... It's, it's connected to libertarianism. Yeah, but, like, um, I, I feel... I, I have a different mindset than I did when I first made that, yeah. that PowerPoint years ago. So I'm wondering, like, do you think Steve Rogers would subscribe to a certain political ideology? Or is that, like, do you I think th- that's, like, not relevant to I think, the story? Or? I think after a civil war, sorry, I mean, like, after a civil war, probably not anymore. But, like, looking in the context of the Winter Soldier, uh-huh. I think he's just coming out of the ice and he's still trying to adjust to what's going on. So it's really, like, whatever ideals and standards like he had back then and sort of he's trying to adjust now because like during the 40s like there's still very much a two-party system mm-hmm. and 
what and like he, when he comes back to the president, like it's still 2014, but that two-party system is sort of starting to die out. Like yes, as you said, people are sort of looking more towards libertarianism, even though it's like a slow rise. Like right. people are like libertarian. Like, libertarianism was a big factor in the 2016 election. Like mm-hmm. it's becoming it's a bigger more change. focused. People more. It wasn't a factor in like like voting wise, but it's a factor in like what people talked about. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I think that's something that's important. But when it comes down to Cap, I don't... It's interesting, because people talk about this all the time. Like, is he a libertarian? Is he a Democrat? Is he a Republican? Is he freaking Green Party? It, it's... He's America. Well, like, he <laughs> He's just, part of the American political party. There, there are... There, there are is no li- party, only are, the American There are libertarian party. ideals that are inherently flawed. There are Republican ideas that are inherently flawed. There are Democrat ideals that are inherently flawed. Every side has inherent flawness, but saying that every everyone's bad is many sides. Many yeah. sides is also <laughs> is also ridiculous because there's obviously other there's, yeah. there's other moral ethical goodness to it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that Cap cares. Cap doesn't. Cap wouldn't vote. That's what I think. You think so? I think Cap hmm. wouldn't vote. I think Cap would would go the George Washington route of like. Don't split it. Don't go like a two-party system because you're gonna end up dividing. But he would still vote for someone, and like maybe he would like like cover his eyes and like not see which party they're in. But like I I think he would vote regardless of the party. Like he wouldn't like pre-register and like vote like their primaries. Sure. Yeah. Like he'd vote like when it like when it came down to the big general like huge election. Like he wouldn't care. Mm -hmm. I mean, he'll vote for state reps and stuff and all that. So like the libertarian thing is also not voting for reps because reps are more government money and stuff um so you you mentioned uh you know like maybe his ideology like in the 1940s so there's this um there's this nick fury line when he's kind of retorting he's like you know um referring to the greatest generation uh you guys did some nasty stuff um did he say we were compromised uh, or he said something else. He said something else that was like very cap. I'm sorry. When he uh, said, whenever he said compromise, I can only think of like the scene when he's driving the car. Uh, <laughs> the compromised. Yeah, window integrity compromised. Um, now he said something along the lines of, um, "But but we did it so people can be free," and then he says, "This isn't freedom. This is fear." Um, so I don't know. But I mean, I don't. I don't agree with that statement either. With with cap statement. With cap statement. Okay. Because. Murdering millions of people with atomic bombs is not freedom. Hmm. It's sacrifice. No, it's not even sacrifice. It's murder. Yeah, you know what? It. You know what? I feel stupid for saying this. What you just said—that never registered to me in like the four years I've been rewatching this movie. <laughs> oh, the fact that the fact that basically yeah. Cap was just like yeah. okay with like atomic bombs. Ita- yeah, I saw this this um there's our, and um, also uh Japanese internment camps. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, and, and I saw this um um video sketch on the Marvel Studios subreddit. I think it was literally like a day or two ago, and um it was like Cap busting into this um. Uh, this facility, and he was like um, yelling at this villain because he had like he had the button. Like if I press this, like these nukes are gonna go off. And Cap's like, um, "How dare you! Like th- th- you can't be the first person ever to sh- uh, launch a nuclear weapon at a civilian population." And then everyone's just kind of looking at each other, like, "Wait, 
Wait, you don't know? Part of me thinks that maybe he didn't know about the nuke thing. Um, he's been doing us reading. I like, mean, he has been, but not on the list. Hiroshima and Nagasaki were not on that list. Do you know what was on that list before that? Star Wars. Well, no, I mean, I, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I, I think the first thing he first thing he will want to know is what happened at the end of the war. Who, who won the war? Yeah. Uh, I liked the um, I liked that one shot where he's he's um, sneaking into his apartment through yeah. the window, and you see like all the you see the bookshelf, and you it's see he's like reading about all the presidents and all the wars and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I thought that was a really good piece of um, uh, production design. I would have liked um, to have uh, have actually heard his perspective on like see Cap's perspective on it like on a like either in a comic mm-hmm. or in something to see there might be and I don't even know it a, a perspective of like what's his opinion on the drums bombs being dropped because yeah the bombs being dropped was a president decision was a presidential decision so, was not a military general decision Harry Truman yeah was a president Harry Truman decision. fresh from becoming president Japanese internment after after was not a was not yeah. a general decision uh-huh. it was a presidential decision right um, so I guess where I'm trying to go with that is, um, I've always seen this movie about, um, conflicting ideologies from different time periods. Yes. And I feel, and like, this is my way of simplifying it, but it, it feels like the argument that this movie is trying to make is that, uh, the old school way, like Cap's way of doing it was the right way to do it. Cast, you, but, but here's the thing. Bro, I, mean, I, want no. to do, I want you guys to do two, two things. Um, do you think that's right? And also, can you like expand on that and like explain what these different ideologies I, are? I think that that's what the movie does, but I uh-huh. think the movie also shows why both are wrong because of huh. context. Does that make sense? Define context. Yeah, make it more sense. The context <laughs> is that the past was like good versus bad. Uh-huh. Everyone was just like, Hitler's bad and... Nazis are terrible, oh. but then ignoring like the the countless uh, the the twenty years after World War Two of mm. the Nuremberg trials and all of the trials that happened in Israel of like figuring out that the Nazi generals and all of the people and all the Nazis that they were imprisoned mm-hmm. were not inherently bad people. They are people that are flawed who were taught flawed things, and it's just essentially a banality of evil. They're just following orders. Well, following orders combined with like other flawed ignorant Operation things. Paperclip was a real thing. I don't know. I forget what that was. Uh, I like hiring like uh, f- like former Nazi scientists and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, which is with what Armin Zola thing. Yeah, yeah they, they, they name drop that. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, that's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, so um, it, it's just that with with context, you need to understand. Like the way that I was always taught growing up was that like in the past there was. Good and bad. Mm-hmm. There was the good guys and there was the bad guys, <laughs> and that's how that's how Cap lived. And once this happened, he learned that there can be good people and there can be bad people, but mm-hmm. there's also a massive gray area. Uh, I don't and- think he's even learned that yet. At, at the point of Winter Soldier, right? I don't think yeah. he didn't learn yeah. that yet because that, that took time. Yeah, because like his. Yeah, Civil War and Civil War and break up his morality and like his separate well, the the base where his stubbornness like there's probably like uh-huh. a nicer word that he call it <laughs> uh-huh. but he won't it's learn conviction. about that gray area he's probably only learning about that gray area now like Infinity War like almost uh, I mean I feel like Natasha was kind of 
like his tutor in the yeah in gray area 101 mm. let's call it <laughs> uh, there was something that i was thinking about i know this is a little bit off of winter soldier but it's specifically what cap says from the future of it where uh-huh. he says um any when, when it's in age of ultron it's like anytime someone tries to stop a war before it starts people die Right. Yes. And I think that's because he learned from the Winter Soldier of the preemptiveness mm-hmm. of like trying to stop it. But also, I think it's also historical. He also looked at historical things that the U.S. has done, where mm-hmm. we have we have had like CIA operations and secret government ops trying to go in and Ooh, stop yeah. and stop mm-hmm. all yeah. Cold War things yeah. that yeah. he missed out on, where we've gone in and we've lost. Because we try to stop something from happening. Um, so, I mean, since you, yeah, since you mentioned like the CIA and or the, worse. the shady stuff that they have done through our I mean, it also history. happened in the Middle East, too. Yeah. Like with, with Iran, yeah. specifically. Um, but that was also... And, and kind of tying that in with the... Um, oh, the <laughs> Yeah. Uh, kind of um, tying that in with the... Um, Greatest generation versus modern generation, mm-hmm. I guess. Let's call like those conflicting ideologies. Um, and it seems like the one of the main points of Steve's argument was, um, yo, you're like compartmentalizing everything. You're like keeping everything secret. Um, you know, this being an intelligence agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind kind of asking that question, like, was he right again? Like, d- is that? Was this movie trying to show that, like, oh, like, transparency is important. Like, well, we released all this shit on the internet. The F- what if the FBI um, and the CIA existed before World War II? Leading, go, like, throughout all of World War II. Do you think we would have known about the the concentration camps beforehand? Do you think we We, we the public? We the public? We didn't know. We, we know stuff was happening. We know mm. that people were dying. Right. We didn't know where they were dying. You know, stuff was happening. So what? How? What would have that? What would that have changed if you, we all? Well, knew that's that? what I'm saying. Do you think that Cap's perspective would have changed with that? With that spy, with like a spy aspect? Hmm. I'm just. Yeah, no, that's a, a good question. question I think. Yeah, um, but I mean, like, uh, huh. <laughs> answering the question with a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, is. Like there are there are reasons why we classify things. There are reasons why um, the general public is like out completely out of the know that Jared Kushner is out of the know now. Yes. <laughs> um, so I've always been confused at exactly what Shield does for the government, because um, it's like an it feels like an underground it's third party. It's just like the fucking X Files or no, something. It's like, a, like it's like a. They're they're like um, mission not missionaries <laughs> missionaries. Not missionaries. Definitely, that's not that's not. They're not going out trying to spread the word of. Yeah, they're Captain ringing America. their doorbells. They're all ringing. Have like, you heard times. about the Avengers? Yeah. <laughs> um, the Church of Latter Day. <laughs> Church of Latter Day Stark. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 what was it? Oh, uh, they are uh, mercenaries. Kind of, I think, or like third-party spy agencies, which I, which do exist. We have those. I I'm not very knowledgeable about there. them. Um, but I mean, what, they're I mean, not a government agency. When oh, that's interesting because I I they get government funded. 
Huh. Okay. Because they're, they're government funded. Right. Okay. <laughs> I feel like none of that was really oh, clear. I mean, so like, yeah. Nice. Well, I mean, well, here's here, here was my um, thing that I was gonna cite. But like at the end when Natasha's at the uh, the congressional panel, um, I think what like this congressman is like, um, you know, you you basically destroyed our defense infrastructure <laughs> by taking down Shield. Um, I don't remember if that's the exact quote, but that's what that's the gist of what I remember. Um, that shield was like an important, um, important body for the government, an important organ, a vital organ, let's call it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I've always wondered because you know the sense I get from like say like the TV show or like quasi from... military. Well, because in this universe there's superheroes and yeah mystical and paranormal things and that's what shield does yeah so I'm, is this like torchwood is this the x-files are they just like so, this is this is oh this is really weird let's just hand this over to shield because we're the cia so we the way that do. so there's the the global security council that's basically the heads they're, they're like the board members uh-huh. of shield and the way that you the the way that wiki describes it is that they're a quasi-military group initially depicted as affiliated with the u.s government uh-huh Hence why they're in D.C. But also, they were later just depicted as under the jurisdiction of the U.N. Huh. Okay. Interesting. So, once the Avengers had that base in uh, on the Hudson River, which we saw in yeah. the picture, which yeah. we, now, we now know that it's on the Hudson River specifically. Yeah, I, I appreciated that shot of the movie we're not talking about today. The movie we're not talking about today. But I really like that now I know exactly yeah. where it is because yeah, yeah. I live right on the Hudson River. Hey! So, I'm, so like, literally it could be across the street from yeah, my hometown. Yeah, you can visit so, them. Which is <laughs> awesome. So, like, think Nyack or think, uh, uh, like, from Nyack all the way down to Teaneck, if anyone can look that up, it, that's... That on that <laughs> okay. side of the Hudson River, uh-huh. um, that's where they'll be. Yeah. Um, but as I was saying, um, they um, they worked under the UN, and then once Shield was gone, and there was that Avengers base with Shield like ex Shield people, uh-huh. and like just people like new Avengers quote people that and scientists had. and like scientists. random cadets who were like jogging yeah and we never we saw them again <laughs> they're under the jurisdiction of the un okay okay so uh they which, took the place of shield and where, where did where did sharon carter end up did she end up with the cia at the end i don't remember she yeah, ended up CIA. Yeah. CIA. Yeah. yeah because that's what ever it was but like back to okay um oh what was that anyway that was the chair okay <laughs> that was me um so, uh, what the hell? I don't even know where I was going with this. With greatest the, uh, generation. Yeah, greatest generation. And just, just like the, the role of intelligence agencies. Um, changed, so, just changed over time. Yeah, I mean, I mean do you feel like this, um, this film had any sort of critique of how these um, intelligence agencies have acted? I mean, like, there, there's the whole, you know, like, the whole exposition sequence of Zola being like, uh, we changed the course of history and, like... Um, he, he flashes all these images and literally there's like a, like less than a second, there is a tiny, tiny video clip of Julian Assange that I noticed really? when I rewatched really? it two nights ago and I was like, wait, Julian Assange is Hydra. <laughs> Julian Assange is Hydra confirmed. Wait, we confirmed it here. Julian Assange is Hydra. Um, um, take him down. Um, no, but I think the idea is that. Like, CIA has done a lot of shitty things around the world, mm-hmm. and that's what it was targeting. So, 
here is um, kind of the big thing that I want to talk about because mm-hmm. I feel that when people critique this movie about its political issues, um, they seem to think that you know the movie introduces all of these interesting uh, political elements, all of these. It's like dropping down things about surveillance and intelligence agencies. And mm-hmm. then at the end, it kind of goes, oh, but it was just all Nazis. So in a way, did that kind of make it into just black and white? Like, oh, they're Nazis, so therefore, they, boom, they're bad. Like well, Nazis in S.H.I.E.L.D., it show, it's like a corrupted good thing. So I think it makes, it kind of puts them at, it kind of puts like the, Sort of like the MCU, like add like a moral fall because like it mm-hmm. introduces that concept like oh like some things aren't like always like it was like like like, like sort of like Steve itself like some things aren't mm-hmm. inherently good some things aren't like inherently bad like it was very clear like Hydra is bad like Sheila's good and now you have them as one and the same sorry <laughs> and now you have them as one and the same so I think that's what they were doing that's what they were thinking but, but that's mean, not how we as society kind of think of it um so i because you can't apply that to so so this life. actually brings me up to brings up a video i was watching with Lindsay ellis it's the of, deep state about <laughs> uh, Lindsay no. ellis did a video about satire and uh-huh. brought up the producers because a lot of people talk about satire and like when oh like he made fun of nazis and stuff is this like, the artist formerly known as the nostalgia chick i think maybe yes, yeah yeah okay um <laughs> and she was talking about how uh, Mel Brooks specifically targeted Hitler and how to make him, like, make fun of him in a way that, that it like, the way, a way that works. I can go into more detail about it in an, another time on mm-hmm. another thread in another <laughs> sure. universe or just watch the video. Um, it's a great video. Um, but our entire, ever since World War II, we've always seen... Hitler and the Nazis as inherently bad because we see them because they are bad people. And I think using and using Hydra in shield does it kind of takes away from the grayness of the movie. Because when we go and see it, we see good versus bad. Mm-hmm. It's like a weird uh, Red, like, Robert Redford. Redford they try to set up as gray, but it's like a weird, like sorry, like, it's like no, a weird, like murky. Because like you are right, like by putting it like in a by realigning it into a good and bad context, it it removes a lot of the context. It removes a lot of like the 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 point of the film. Exactly. Is it is it like letting the real life CIA like off the hook a little bit, or I think yes, yeah. yes, it does, mm-hmm. because it says that the CIA was doing something good. Because yeah. the CIA, because like the CIA did like some shitty stuff, but if you like, it's like a, in a distribution wise, it's almost like let's say like sixty seventy percent good, but, and then like thirty percent bad in that case. Like that's, I think the expos like the composition. Like if in real life, in real life, we had Nazis inside of the CIA who did all of these things, and that's why they were bad. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. then, then, then it makes sense because yeah. we know that Nazis are, like, not inherently bad, but we know that the group themselves are bad yeah, because but... they believe in eugenics and want people to be dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This was like a fifty-fifty split with like just Shield in, sorry, Hydra in Shield. Like it just made 
to build like a 50 50 split instead of like a 60 40 or sure. 70 30 yeah. and that made it less compelling like it was still a good twist at the time but it also made it like when we look in like looking at it now like less compelling when you contextualize it in kind of the real life political landscape that we're in and yeah. like kind of our own history like in real life like Snowden like and Assange like those were 50-50 conflicts those were heavily weighed towards one side and like in terms of like the good and bad scale if that mm-hmm. makes any well, sense well depends people still think that those are those are still gray areas exactly like, those, those are like, still gray areas see a traitor or a patriot yeah. Um, Fox and, News tonight. Um, and you can be both. Mm, is that a, is that a cop out answer? Uh-huh. <laughs> Only sit steel and absolutes. Uh, uh. Um, you know. Uh, so, like, do you, do you view this as like a fallacy of the film? Then watch Winter Soldier and then the Last Jedi back to back. Well, what? Okay, that. Mm. Why? <laughs> because they both talk about gray areas. Really? Um, I think at the time, it's not... I mean, I think it's still a solid movie. It's not a fallacy. Oh, absolutely. It's more like a critique. Like, you could have done this better. Sure. But the points you propose and position also, it's a movie, are interesting. it's a movie that wants to talk about Hydra. Like, it just... It, it, like, the, the, there are certain things that need to be discussed in it, and it uses political thriller and... NSA as a backdrop for it because it's politically relevant and nice and wonderful to talk about. Yeah, I mean, like, I... I probably would not call The Winter Soldier a straight-up political thriller film, but it's certainly, like... Has elements of a political Yeah, it, it, it references them. It basically takes... Ele- yeah, it takes yeah, elements there, to them to, to are, enhance this, what would have just been another There are more, movie. like, non-superhero-based political thrillers with Nazis... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like in like in the in during Cold War, yeah. During the Cold War, there were yeah. there's there's like during the seventies and eighties, I believe there's uh, I can't remember the specific one there, but there are political thrillers where the bad guys are Nazis or right. worked with Nazis. Um, and let's just let's just think about like even movies today that um or like in the past ten or twenty years that kind of um get deep into this stuff. I mean, I guess, like, the... I don't know, like, Jason Bourne movies, perhaps? Uh, I'm not too... The first three Jason Bournes, I don't... I think that they were more separated... Sure. ...than the more recent ones. I think the more recent one tried to actually copy this. Huh. How so? Uh, it tried to be more on surveillance. They got Jeremy Renner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Zoom in through the Philippines. And but then there was another cycle. one after that, right? Um, I think. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus Christ, Bourne. it's Jason Bourne. Yeah, that one. Um, so the Dark Knight kind of had that bit where, um, well, first of all, like the entire movie was like. We talked about this in our uh, class as well. Yeah, we, the, we, we don't yeah. negotiate with terrorists, you know, like that whole thing. Um, and then the, the whole um, surveillance magical screen of death <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Um, you know, where there's there's like a very brief, very brief ethical debate about this. Um, we know the, we like we trust the actions in these movies because we know that the characters are good. If we were given the same context and had no un, like no backdrop of like what the character is, if it was like a completely original movie. Well, I mean, like not even that. If we had no idea who these characters were, and we just like. Like, we heard about this one dude who, uh, 
who like did all of this info like actually kept all of this information from us uh and like hacked into people's phones would you be upset about that would you be upset about someone who uh had all of your access information like where your cell phone was and then used uh, mm-hmm. like rings from your cell phone to hunt down someone in the city would you be okay with that and then mm-hmm. what if I told you that guy was Batman? Yay! So you think people will just be okay with that? No, what I'm saying is, <laughs> what I'm saying is that films, <laughs> films are films. Their movies are movies. It's yeah. You can't like I don't. I'm being very contrarian. Right sure. Now, and I don't want to be. That, but, no, please do. Uh, <laughs> it's the. It's like, it doesn't really, say, like it. Like it's just a movie. Yeah, I mean it's. Ultimately, there's so many other factors that yeah. affect your opinion on seeing it. Yeah, like this, like these movies are not—they are not someone's like thesis paper. You know, if it's, you it's not if their. You uh... don't trust the government to begin with. You're not going to like the NSA. If you trust the government and the actions that the government takes and the actions that the government has taken in the past, mm-hmm. then you will be okay with the NSA. Yeah. and like the 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 Dark Knight example specifically. If you trust um, Batman, you can trust Batman with the, and, the t- technology. Yeah, and the way they, way they um, kind of fix that problem is they just destroy the damn thing at the end. Like <laughs> The reason where, um, and then where, where Winter Soldier comes in, it's like, do you, you trust S.H.I.E.L.D.? Nick Fury trusts the people in control mm-hmm. because he trusts himself, but he didn't know that half of the people working in the building were, were, Hydra. were Hydra. Yeah. And were, and would target innocent people. Yeah. It's like a Civil War quote, like, my face and people, I guess. Like, it's really, like, yeah. small and scattered. Like, it's a, like a huge, overreaching yeah, that organization. Was, yeah, that but, was a very... But good. that's a very libertarian concept, my faith and Trusting people. people over institutions. Trusting people over institutions, which you can't necessarily do because, yeah, humanity as a whole and the concept of humanity is inherently good, but humans themselves are flawed. Hmm. And you can't trust flawed individuals. Institutions have back, not backdoors, um, have contingencies. But they have and agendas. They have checks and balances. <laughs> but a good, a good institution has transparency. But what, make, what makes an institution good, though? What makes an institution good is, well, I believe transparency. Mm-hmm. And a spy organization isn't really transparent. <laughs> So inherently, spy organizations are just bad. Apparently, shield is bad. <laughs> well, there's a gray area. Okay. I can't. I can't give you the answer to that. Yeah. No. I'm I not mean, in we ask so many questions here, and I'm like, not, we don't I'm really not have in the CIA. Answers, I don't know how this works. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my dramatic criticism of kind of the the ending of this film. So there's the scene where. Um, Alexander Pierce, played by Robert Redford, it kind of gives a after he's been outed as Hydra to the uh, World Security Council dudes who are like with him in that room. He tries to basically give them a pitch, like you know, he talks to one councilman. He's like, you know, imagine if um, these terrorists like took your daughters. Do you knew this was going to happen? Uh, you knew this was going to happen like at this soccer stadium. You know, when you push the button, and then the guy very quickly rejects it, says, not if it was your button. Um, so, okay, good for him for, like, knowing that's, like, the wrong thing to do, but, like, the only reason he wasn't into it is because now 
out of nowhere, he knows that this dude is Hydra. Um, so I think what would have made the film more interesting, and this is just my opinion, and feel free to like... Is not to reveal. No. No, 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 no. Oh. Not that. I would have liked if this guy and like maybe the other World Security Council guys were actually tempted by this. Where it's like, okay, this guy's Hydra, but like he also has a point. Because they were all for activating Project Insight, weren't they? Yeah. Um, so it would have but been it interesting. Yeah, but it would have been interesting if, like, okay, despite who it's coming from, I'm still ideologically into this idea. And I think that would have, I, I think that would have um, kind of given a little more texture to that conflict. It would have and made, make it and make it less. Uh, okay, every, it would have made this side's less, bad, that side's good. It would have made good. less Hydra as Nazis. Mm-hmm. Even though Hydra is, not I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, but it would have made it would have shown that like it would have given more. Girth yeah, but I mean, do, do you girth? Yes. Do you agree or disagree? Or no, I agree with your point. I okay. think I think having one of them, one of them tempted, and one of them not, and then arguing about it, or mm-hmm. like some line of like anger towards each sure. other, would have been something. Yeah. And, and you it's know, it's very like superhero. I feel like it's very like superhero movie of like of it to just be like immediate, like not it was your switch, like yeah, immediately seeing it like a good force like against like bad, like having them turn on them. Mm-hmm. I don't know that, so, but like it kind of played down. If you like that whole if you knew thing, kind of reminds me of actually Infinity War with Doctor Strange. But <coughs> anyway, <laughs> but do you understand what I mean? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like how he like just tosses a champagne glass away, and he has like this big character moment, and then like five minutes later they all instantly die. <laughs> there was no champagne but, glass. Like you know, he like handed him a drink. Oh okay. I yeah, see you, I see. What yeah, you're, I see. What you're like, not about. if you was your switch. Oh, oh, you're yeah. talking about Winter Soldier now. Yeah. I thought you were talking no, not about no, God, no, no, we're not. I thought you were talking about if the other movie, the movie <laughs> that we're not allowed to talk about. <laughs> I was just like, names. there's no drinks. Yeah, they and all... then everyone dies. Yeah, yeah. Wait, am I cutting that part out? Everyone dies? Did you really just say that? Yeah, I mean, you can cut that out. <laughs> yeah. We're going to cut this part out. This is not going to be in it. Um, okay. Um, so now... <laughs> you have one more question? Uh, not necessarily. I think that was kind of the final thing that I wanted to talk about. Well, just just like the... the um, so, did this movie have something to say? Like... Um, well, we're talking about it, so Hell Yeah had, had something to say. Sure, but I mean, like, I mean, we're talking about it because I wanted us to talk about this, but at the same time, but people um, in general talk about. Well, people talked about this movie. I feel like people referenced it um, during the whole Black Panther discourse, saying that, um, saying think, that Winter Soldier did not go as far as Black Panther in exactly. like committing to a, in, into, into like a, a statement. Yeah, yeah. Statement. I think, yeah. But I think that's because of Ryan Coogler and this who. Ryan but I also Coogler think is. of who you're dealing with in that movie. If it wasn't Hydra, then it's like if it's just half of. Like, it was like a Civil War comic was like good against like good like Captain America versus Iron Man. Captain America just like versus the United States in general. Like, so get Hydra out of the equation. Well, then you present a more interesting no, story. What I'm getting at is that Hydra is inherently bad in the comics. They're Nazis in real life. Like Nazis are bad in real life. So do you when you're when you're having this argument about the movie, you know, okay, they're bad. There's no oh because if you say what if they're right what if Hydra uh-huh. is right you're basically saying what if the Nazis were right which is very bad to say 
<laughs> yes, yes. But if you, you say it that way, if, yes. But if you say what if Killmonger was is right, uh huh, and which people do say, and I completely understand that point because it makes sense. There's a little more nuance to that. There's, there's, new, little, there's more room. There's more nuance to discuss. There's more personability with it. Mm-hmm. There is a gray, a gray area. Could you say? I mean, no. I mean, it yeah. is a gray. It is a gray area. But what I'm they're both gray areas. Both movies have gray areas. What I'm saying is that there is a per like Black Panther is more of a personal, uh, like the the actions of it are personal. Mm-hmm. You can you can like imprint yourself based on your personal experience, kind of on Killmonger's yes. experience. Whereas exactly. like you can't really. I mean, as a as a white guy, I can't. Sure. That. Yeah. But you two are both of Asian descent, so I don't know if you guys have probably have some experience in. We'll talk about that another time. I think there's a more relevant topic we can talk about when it turns called Asian uh, issues. Uh, Anyway. Wait a minute. uh, You're telling me there's a movie involving Asian issues in the uh, MCU? uh, Yeah. Maybe maybe the movie starts with a D? And there's also that little TV show that starts with an I. Oh, wait. I don't know what happened. Iron Fist. Oh, Iron Fist. Yeah, that movie. Uh, oh my god, yeah, that, that movie was so We were awful. in this apartment. That show was yes. garbage. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, just as a disclaimer, uh, we had an Iris drinking game, and we just couldn't even... It didn't, it didn't help. No, 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 no. That's, what, that's no. what happened. It didn't help. It was a bad time uh, for all involved. Um, so, let's, let's try to, like, sum this conversation up, because they, we, t- we kind of went around in circles because there's so much about, like... Gray, gray areas, black and white. Um, was it wrong? Maybe it was wrong, but also it was kind of right. So let's let's kind of like bullet points. The main points. From yeah. Do we have like do we have like yeah, a, is bad. <laughs> do we have like a final uh, verdict? They do a lot of bad. More I think bad than they good. introduce um, some main points. I guess like mm-hmm. the inclusion of Hydra into Shield as a villain. Um, I guess. Good and is connected to the, the is a connective tissue in the MCU. And it's also very helpful for the character, connecting back to the villain that he stopped. He thought he stopped in World War Two, and he did it. Um, social wise. Social wise, and like relating to the outside universe, not that mm-hmm. great, because of how society as a whole pictures Nazis. Um, uh, what else? Yeah, I mean, it, it overall, I think, I think we've kind of come to the conclusion that Cap is not a libertarian. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if exactly honed in on that because it's. I think there's more we would have to know about him to uh, kind of make that conclusion. But I think we did kind of decide that. Does he um, think that poor people should just die? Then hmm. probably. He probably wouldn't. Probably he probably wouldn't. He has a good heart. He has a good heart. So. Steve Rogers is. So. A wholesome man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he's not beating the shit out of people. Um. So. Yeah, so the... Ooh, compartmentalization, perhaps. Um, Wait, what? Like, uh, keeping the secret about Bucky and Tony's parents. I thought I was protecting you, but really I was protecting myself. Yeah, yeah. at least he admits that mistake at the end. Um, but I think Does we... Does that ca- connect to the larger whole of the CIA? Uh, no, anyway. Uh, <laughs> and other main points, like, Shield Hydra, um... Oh, I just lost it. Like, we'll stop out the conversation with um, between Fury and Steve. Like right. how um, their perspectives are based on context. If you put it in different ways, if one like they're different, they have different ideologies, and within mm-hmm. the context, one might be right and the other one is not, and vice versa. Um, 
and ERC's political party and how that's sort of thrown in the air a little bit. Um, I, I think the main thing that I'm getting from this conversation is that um, libertarians shouldn't steal quotes from a movie without you, that's the third time you interrupt me before I try to make the final point <laughs> anyway <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to say that um, the Winter Soldier the movie did a very good job at using um, 1970s tropes and imagery um, you know specifically the paranoia and like the don't trust anyone angle uh, and a lot of real life, like post 9 11 Patriot Act sensibilities to kind of enhance its own standalone story mm-hmm. without necessarily taking a hard stand at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like we were saying, like I think there is there's less room when you add the Nazi angle to kind of um, talk about, you know, it, it's not as nuanced as other politically charged films. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still like the movie. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, definitely, definitely top. I mean, top. It ten. is still my still, favorite. Top, yeah. top five I was for ask me. It's still like your favorite. It is well, still my favorite top film because it is just um, top ten for me. Eighteen movies. Yeah, top it's in the top I, half. Um, question: I know you were in the was the toughest movie. After Infinity War, could you? Well, actually, we can't even rank it. But like, would you still sure. say which is also your favorite? Yes, because it is just. It is just. Oh an, hell yeah! It is an airtight film. It is very airtight. It is very well structured. Yeah. Like even if you don't enjoy it necessarily, it's there are not really a lot of like storytelling plot flaws yeah. or plot holes about that movie. Um and it's it's just it was just such a breath of fresh air from um the first Avenger and the first Avengers movie. <laughs> uh because I you know, like um First Avenger, like Steve Rogers was very like boy scouty, and it was a little, it was a little one note, I think. Um, but I think it was one note in the sense of like that's a that period pieces are like you know what happens. Sure, yeah. Like like Dunkirk, you can argue is one note. Yeah, no, because but... like you know what happens in the movie. It, it's just like it's just the it, it experience through the whole thing. Yeah, but I mean, like there there wasn't a lot of nuance for his character. Then it was just like I just want to fight bullies and be a good person. Um, and uh, not to mention, like, aesthetically, like, it had this, like, you know, it was very CGI-heavy, like, fantasy version of Indiana Jones, and it did... I didn't I didn't dig the look of it, honestly. Um, even though I liked a lot of the prop and production design, I just think that the movie in motion did not look that great. So, and, and like, I feel like Joss Whedon's take on Cap is kind of an underdog, so you see him get beat up all the time, and he's just not really... He's not that good of a fighter in Avengers 1 or 2, I feel. Um, so seeing him in Cap 2, where he's just like a human weapon, like he's running through hallways, um, he's like... He's, ma- the type of, he's, he's the type making, of weapon that they were supposed to... He's they- literally making dents into the wall as he like runs into them. He's like busting through doors. Yeah, no, he's um, the weapon that... That he was made to be. Yeah, like when he gets um, shot by the uh, grenade launcher and uses shield to block it, he gets launched into a bus and it just destroys that bus. Like yeah. he is, he, his body is a weapon. He is like the peak of the human condition. Yeah. And I, I just loved, um, you know, just like the the added backstory of like in the two years between Avengers one and Cap two, he's like training. He's he's learned all these different martial arts he and to Earth. yeah, yeah, and he is. Um, 
like the 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 thematic idea of like bringing his old school sensibilities to fix this modern day problem. Maybe we've agreed that maybe it wasn't it wasn't perfect the way they handled it, but I think that's still an interesting story to tell, and I think this did it like fairly well enough to make a very entertaining and engaging movie. That's still um, one of the MCU's best. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I will fight anyone who doesn't Tell like this movie. Yeah, they think they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for intellectual discussion? Hey. Yeah, ad hominem attacks, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we are almost getting to an hour here, so I think uh, we're kind of wrapping up. Um, you can follow me on social media. I am at Compenderizer on Twitter. Do either of y'all have any social media profiles or any projects online that you would like to plug? I have a Twitter, uh-huh. at the Pizza Taco. Very easy. Nothing else. At yeah. the Pizza Taco. Yeah. Izzy. Um, as, I said, as Chris said, I'm now contributing on Marvel News Desk, so be sure to check my stuff up. I'll also start updating my Twitter and Instagram stuff just to be more engaging within like mm-hmm. Marvel News Desk with the community, so... Keep that. What's your handle? Uh, I I forget. I haven't used Twitter in so long. <laughs> <laughs> I forget, but it'll be around. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll, I'll probably like add it to the notes here or something like Thanks. that. Um, but yeah. Um, good job. Good discussion, everyone. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I guess... I think we talked a lot about a lot of interesting good points. Yeah. Um, so if anyone listens, if the, uh, many, many listeners to this, um, have any suggestions on topics to talk about, any feedback, um, you can actually email me at, uh, chris at marvelnewsdesk.com. Yes, that's right. I have my own damn email address for this site. Yeah. Yeah. Profesh. Yeah. And, uh, don't send any bad stuff because I, I'll know who you are. Anyway, it's been good. Go watch Infinity War. Yeah. Read my if review of it. Because <laughs> I think my review is pretty damn good. Not to brag. I mean, I'm literally bragging. But check it out. See you later.